Women in White Coats is here to uplift women doctors just like you. Empowering you in your personal and professional life. I'm Dr. Amber Robbins. And I'm Dr. Archana Shrestha. We are doctors, best-selling authors, and the co-founders of Women in White Coats. Now, are you ready for a culture shift where women empower women? Join us to get a glimpse of what life is like as a woman doc. And guess what? You'll discover that you're not alone. We're here to give you positivity and keys to balancing your life. This is the Women in White Coats podcast. Welcome, everybody. My name is Dr. Archana Shrestha, and I am very excited to be talking today with Lara Francisco. Welcome, Lara. Thank you, Dr. Shrestha. It's, it's really exciting to be here with you. I'm so excited to introduce you. Um, Lara, who is a PA, um, is the founder of Metalita, and I'm going to be talking with her today. If you guys don't already know what Metalita is, they are an amazing company that makes these gorgeous white coats. In fact, if you're watching the video, um, I'm wearing one right now. I absolutely love your white coats. Um, when I first discovered them, I was like, these are really killer white coats, and they make you feel great. They look great, and um, I've just been loving them ever since I found them, and I own like four of them <laughs> at this point because they're such great white coats. But um, let me introduce a little bit more about Lara. We're going to be talking about like a white coat and what is the significance of it, and um, so let me go ahead and introduce Lara some more. So Lara Francisco, um, PAC, founded Metalita in 2007 after creating the first coat in history designed specifically for women in medicine. Since then, she has grown Metalita to include scrubs and lab coats in multiple styles for both men and women, utilizing the most advanced performance fabric technology and incorporating highly functional design elements to develop garments that are optimized for use in, med in the medical field. With a unique firsthand understanding of what medical professionals need in their uniforms, Lara has transformed the medical apparel industry by creating thoughtful design, thoughtfully designed and exceedingly professional lab coats and scrubs that help the wearer feel confident in all clinical settings. So Lara, welcome and thank you so much for joining in. And let's get started mm -hmm. with the story of Metalita and That's how nice. that was born. Yeah, um, I think, you know, um, it, it's a long story. The summary is that um, um, there wasn't a white coat ceremony for us back in the day. And we were told when we started PA school that we needed to go to a local store and find a, you know, student coat and show up, you know, wearing this, you know, day one. So this is a really monumental time. It symbolizes acceptance into the program um, and the next stage, you know, in my life. And I had this so built up in my head that this would be an amazing experience. And I go into this store in, in Queens, New York, and um, it's like a box and it's really dark and all the coats are just totally squished together and um, nothing's organized well and you can't tell the difference is there women's or men's and um, the fabric is very um, starchy and scratchy um, and what started out was a very exciting experience ended up being sort of a bewildering um, depressing experience I did I did leave there with a short coat but it wasn't anything what I in my head had built built it up to be um, so I go through you know PA school and my my friends you know my PA colleagues tell me that I 
that I often complained about, you know, the, the quality and the appearance of this short student coat. Um, start my first job and am given, you know, from the ER, uh, the standard lab coat. Um, you know, the sleeves are too long and the pockets, you know, below my bust line and there's no real waist definition. Um, and the back belt is nowhere near the right placement. Um, you know, but you wear it anyways, because, you know, you need to look a certain way, you know, to see patients. Um, and interestingly, I thought maybe that was just the setting. I was working in a city. Maybe it was low budget. You know, they, this is what you get. Um, I get to my uh, next job um, four years later, working in Orange County in a much different setting. Um, and I'm literally given the same quality, the same um, flimsy, like flap in the wind, um, unflattering, shapeless, boxy, frumpy style. And I just really felt like I had to do something. I, I couldn't be the only female clinician that felt that way. Um, and I started to do a lot of research. I started to order, you know, additional styles, trying to find something, you know, specifically for the female clinician that would allow a more professional appearance, um, allow me to make, you know, really a bold statement in a very short period of time that I bothered you know, to fix my hair, I brush my teeth, I put on a little bit of makeup, um, and I want to present myself, you know, in the most professional way, uh, which will in turn make a statement to the patients that, you know, I take care of myself, I'm going to take good care of you. Um, and, I, and I've always believed that um, and was never really able to find anything that allowed um, me, you know, to do that um, from something that I could currently purchase. Yeah, absolutely. I've definitely been there with that same feeling of, um, well, our residency coats weren't so bad, but um, as an attending, I, I was handed some very frumpy gray lab yeah. coats that I would put on and I was like, this looks like a garbage bag on me. <laughs> it was so baggy and loose. And also just, um, I didn't feel good wearing it. And I was like, and I remember specifically one time asking the person who was ordering our lab coats, you know, can you get me one in a woman's size? It's like designed for women. Woman, and then I gave her my coat size, and then lo and behold, I get a men's lab coat again that's yeah. still very frumpy and doesn't fit well. Yeah. And the classic men's blazer size. Um, that's what, uh, if you ask most women, um, we found even after starting Metalita and many, many, many years into it, if you ask most female physicians and clinicians what size lab coat they wear, they'll tell you a men's blazer size because that's all they've ever known. Yes, absolutely. And then, you know, it's interesting because the demographics are changing, right, you know, of, of women in medicine. And we talk a lot this, about this a lot on Women in White Coats, where now medical school classes are now 50% or more women. So the demographics of people, you know, doctors, PAs, it's all changing. And we need to definitely make people feel, I mean, it, it's such a metaphor, right? Like I'm handed a male coat, you know, a lab coat that's for men, yet I'm a woman, you know, like it's like the apparel, the lab coats need to keep up with the changes. 
Yeah, I think one thing that's really interesting that historically female physicians have overcome so many obstacles that um, there's always been a willingness uh, to sort of downgrade their appearance into something that their male colleagues are wearing and that historically they've uh, been okay with that with scrubs and with lab coats so that they're not confused, you know, perhaps with other um, professions or titles. Um, and that's been a huge obstacle for us to overcome, uh, not only with design and knowing how far out of the box can we go um, to make it acceptable, you know, and feminized somewhat, but still resembling the traditional features of a, a traditional lab coat, um, you know, and, and people adopting um, a, a lab coat and deciding to actually make a purchase um, for a lab coat that fits and is flattering and has a lot of functionality. It's just, it's been a, a long road to get people to the point where this is the norm. I, I think we're finally there, but, um, you know, still almost every program is, um, uh, at White Coat Ceremonies is, is still giving uh, a frumpy, boxy, shapeless lab coat that's of very poor quality. Yeah, I mean, that's such an interesting point because, you know, it's been such a male-dominated field, medicine in general, and we're trying to fit in. And it's like, how do you find that balance, right, of the femininity yet being mm -hmm. taken seriously? But why shouldn't we just be taken seriously as a feminine yeah. um, role? You know, that should be a given, but it's not, and things need to change, and, and things are changing, I believe, but mm -hmm. especially as research comes out that, you know, women doctors actually really do have great outcomes, and they're actually, you know, getting their patients better outcomes for their health than the male counterpart sometimes, mm -hmm. so I think that now there are some patients that are genuinely seeking out women physicians. I know for myself and for my kids and my family, I usually want my family members to have a woman mm -hmm. physician, and obviously I'm biased, but um, yeah. I think that's great. And all the great work that uh, you and all the, you know, women in white coats um, authors are doing, you know, to spread that message and to educate, you know, the public as to those statistics is really helpful. We're just, we're just a very small part of um, the outward appearance, you know, and the, um, you know, what, what we call, there's a term in cloth cognition. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but that um, if you, feel good about what you're wearing and it allows you to have um you know the knowledge that you look very pro professional and better than maybe in your other coats that you have um, then you'll actually perform better and there's um, testing and studies on this and it's um just very interesting we just we just want to make it possible you know for the the female you know physicians that choose you know to wear something of higher quality that that looks um, symbolic of everything that they've been through for their education and their sacrifice. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a really interesting point. I love that. So, so tell me then, so why did you decide to redesign the lab coats? And then we can also talk yeah. about scrubs too. Yeah. I and, just, and what were kind of the design elements you were looking to add? Yeah. Um, I was, uh, Originally, the concept was just in the, uh, the pattern. I wanted to take the unisex style lab coat and feminize it just a little bit. I didn't want to go over the top. I wanted to, you know, 
you know, go a certain percentage, you know, so that it was um, flattering um, uh, to a, the female figure and it fit um, and the pocket placement was correct and the lapels were, um, you know, ending on the, you know, proper point on the woman's bust and um, the pockets weren't too low and the back waist belt wasn't draping over, you know, the their buttocks, you know. <laughs> so uh, just minor upgrades was the original concept and then I realized as I started down this process that I should probably incorporate, um, you know, fabrics that would be functional to the wearer. I was, I was pretty obsessed with companies like Patagonia and Lulu and Nike and Adidas. They were all transitioning. This is like 2006, um, a long time ago. They were transitioning from, um, more about you know colors and stripes to really introducing and pushing performance fabrics that were um, functional for the athletic um, customer and I thought you know hey I should I should research really what's out there and figure out what fabrics you know could really benefit um, uh, you know women working in medicine um, and I thought you know it's a white lab coat it gets so dirty um, you know, how can we make it um, stain resistant? How can we make it, you know, cooling um, so it's not hot as a layered item? Um, and how can we make it very, very easy to care for and um, also repellent? Uh, and so I started to do research as to how we could apply those principles towards um, uh, the pattern corrections as well. We hope you're enjoying the interview so far. Here's a short commercial break. Have you ever felt like you've achieved career success as a doctor, but you're not happy? Like you sacrificed so much to arrive at the promised land, but then you look around and you think, is this it? Maybe you're going through things that your male colleagues just don't get. That even though you wear a white coat, people don't realize you are a doctor at all. It can be exhausting. Well, we get you and we know what you are going through. I'm Dr. Archana. And I'm Dr. Amber. And that's why we created a conference specifically to uplift women doctors like you. It's time for you to relax, grow, and connect with women doctors at our second annual Women in White Coats Conference and Wellness Retreat from April 30th to May 2nd, 2020. Join us for this three-day retreat at the gorgeous Chateau Alain Winery and Resort just outside of Atlanta. Relax over yoga and meditation, Grow by listening to CME presentations and connect with other positive women doctors over wine and dinner. And you'll return home feeling rested, rejuvenated, and with the skills to have a fulfilling career as a woman in a white coat. To register, go to womeninwhitecoats.com forward slash events. We can't wait to see you at the conference. Thanks for listening to our short commercial break. Now, let's get back to the interview. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing because that's a lot of different things. I mean, I think you really hit the nail on the head in terms of, yeah, it's hard to keep it white. <laughs> There's the germ factor, right? <laughs> Sometimes as we're, we're both clinicians who work in the emergency department, you certainly can get splashed with all sorts of things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then just keeping it so you don't have to iron it and all of those things because we're busy, mm -hmm. right? We want like easy to care for fabric. So mm -hmm. I think that those are all amazing design elements that you brought in. Yeah, I have to be honest that most people that I, I approached um, to work with on this concept, 
you know, thought I was absolutely crazy. You know, you're going to take a white coat and you're going to make it stain resistant and um, comfortable for 12, 14, 16 hour shifts. And you're going to feminize it just a little bit, but not over the top. Um, and you're going to introduce women's sizes that have never been, you know, anywhere in the lab coat realm before. And you're going to um, uh, set, ask people to buy it because most people receive them, you know, at the time for free. Um, you know, they thought it was absolutely crazy. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so um, just kind of talking about like the significance though of the white coat, like what do you kind of see it as a symbol of, you know, cause that's really your core mm -hmm. product, right? Is, is mm -hmm. the lab coat. So what do you see it as the symbol of? And for mm -hmm. us at Women in White Coats, we see it as a huge symbol of, of the training, the education, um, the experiences we go mm -hmm. through. So I'm curious to see from someone who actually designs and makes the coats, what your thought is on that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it symbolizes a, a little bit different to every person, but I think overall, I think it symbolizes um, um, uh, education. It symbolizes um, a sacrifice, you know, most um, female physicians have sacrificed so many years of their life. They're, they've gone to undergrad and medical school and um, intern year and residency and sometimes fellowship. And that's a huge chunk of their time um, that they've um, dedicated to earning the white coat. Um, it symbolizes completion of their education. Um, it symbolizes a dedication of their entire life um, towards the field of medicine and their particular specialty. So I have to say, Lara, that I absolutely love your white coats. And I also, also should mention that this is not, this interview is not sponsored by Metalita. However, we did receive some beautiful white coats from you guys because you did sponsor our book launch um, over a year ago. But um, I do love the white coats and so did all the other co-authors of the Chronicles of Women in, Co in White Coats. But um, just curious to see like what has been the feedback? What have people liked about the coats or what kind of feedback or what have clinicians been saying about the metal eater coats? Yeah, uh, so many things I could say about this. Um, I think one of the most important things that I love to explain is the transformation that that we've been allowed to see over the years. Um, a lot of female clinicians especially have a very hard exterior, a little bit of a brick wall. Um, so if we meet someone at a conference or where they come to our booth, um, you know, alone or with a group, um, they tend to come in with that nature. Um, and you ask them, you know, would you like to try on one of our new styles? You know, what size do you wear? And they, you know, we get through the not, no, not a men's blazer size, a women's size, like you'd buy in your favorite store. Um, and they, they put it on and they look in the mirror and it's, it's a, it's something that happens silently and it happens almost every single time they, um, their entire demeanor just completely changes when they look in the mirror. And it's the most special thing to be a part of and to see. And I, to the day I die, I will remember, you know, so many of those instances where I thought someone was kind of cold or, you know, not very kind, you know, and then all of a sudden they put on this coat and it fits them beautifully. And I feel like they're looking in the mirror and it's, it's just everything that they dreamed of in terms of um, how they deserve to present themselves at this point in their career. And um, I, I could not be more proud to have witnessed you know, those transformations over and over. I, I 
it's really a special thing. And even without saying anything, you know, when we're at a conference, the, the booth next to us will often say something to that effect. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I think that's such a great point because as women, um, I think we can all relate to that, you know, when you do your hair, put on your makeup or wear that special outfit that just fits you so well, it, it's just that extra little boost of confidence and you go out there in the world and you mm -hmm. present yourself in a different way. And, um, mm -hmm. and I think that that is such a, a great feeling and, and how cool that you get to see that, you know, when you go to conventions and, and ha have a booth and you see people try it on. And I've definitely felt that um, myself and at our book launch, we all felt like amazing wearing these coats. Mm -hmm. We felt like so yeah. polished. And on a personal level for me, you know, when I first got this coat, as opposed to the really frumpy male lab coat that I had been given, um, people said things like, oh, wow, you look really great in that coat. And I did feel like I carried myself differently. And then I felt like the patients reacted to me differently. And then there mm -hmm. was never the like, uh, who are you? You know, it was like very clear, like I was going to be their doctor mm -hmm. and I was going to take great care of them that day. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what we hope for, um, you know, in terms of what people have said. Um, anything funny things from it doesn't look like I'm wearing my dad's you know dress up you know lab coat you know um, you know to you know for the first time in my life you know I I present myself professionally and I feel proud um, and appropriate um, you know seeing patients um, there's just endless feedback you know similar to what you're saying um, that that this is something that they've always looked for they never knew existed and are just very grateful for and wouldn't wouldn't be able to wear their old lab coat again because of how they feel yeah actually you know as you're talking about that that really makes reminds me of something that we've written about a lot on women in white coats is imposter syndrome and how i mean you're some women in the medical field are already feeling like an imposter like they don't belong there they didn't or, mm -hmm. you know that they, they don't yeah. deserve to have that spot or that space or even mm -hmm. though they did all the same work as their male counterparts that sometimes they're feeling like well do i really belong here am i in the right place yeah. you know yeah, kind of sheepish yeah. and then you're handed a coat that's like designed for a male yeah. on top of it so and that I kind of stamps it you know that, that doesn't even allow them to come out of that mentality um, yes. Yeah. But then when you're handed a coat that you're like, here you go, and it fits you like a glove, you're like, wow, I'm supposed to be here. And I think that that's the power of, and that's why I love the Metalita again, you know, your, your, your coats, and I even love the scrubs too, because they fit me well, and they just feel good, and I feel confident, and I feel like I'm my best, and that I do belong there, you know, I did all the work, I do belong there. And the symbol of the white coat is handed to me in a size that actually fits me. Mm -hmm. we're, we're so proud and every single person here, you know, that contributes, you know, to this um, business is um, motivated like every single day, you know, by hearing that type of feedback. It's a really um, rewarding thing to, to make something so personal and then also especially to do the embroidery. Um, because you're not just selling jeans or t-shirts or winter jackets, you know, it's just very, very, very personal what we do. We basically, when we're training people, we explain it's basically putting your diploma on the garment for them. It must be perfect. It must be correct. It must be visible. Um, and that's a real honor. And we, we do not take it lightly here at all. So. 
Yeah, that's definitely something I've noticed with the Metalita coats is just a lot of attention to detail and with mm -hmm. embroidery and including even like the inside pockets and stuff like that. And because you are somebody who has worked as a clinician, you know that you need pockets and you need stuff yeah. on those inside pockets and maybe you want to put, you know, your chapstick or your lipstick or your we'll go through quite the, um you know when we when we fit new garments and when we fit new protos we we go through all the motions um and they say you know they've never been in and these are professional fit models they've never been in a fitting before where we we require so much movement and ergonomics you know and checkpoints to make sure that um that it's correct in a way that allows you know, perfect range of motion for a very long shift. Yes, absolutely. So um, just a couple more quick questions for you. Do you have a lot of men wearing the coats or is it mostly women buying yeah, them? You know, it was interesting. We were, it was, it was an AD in 2010, 2009 or 2010. Um, and everyone's, you know, kind of dressed to the nines and, um, you know, coming through the exhibit hall and, um, we were really busy. We just had a 10 by 10 booth. It was super busy. It was packed. I didn't have time to hang up all the garments. And um, this male physician comes up, completely interrupts me, slams his hand on our small table, and he says, you know, I cannot have my female partner looking better than me. Where is mine? And I was like, whoa, you know, um, I hear you. Um, I need to finish, you know, with the customers that I have right now and we'll talk about it. Um, and we had multiple incidents like that, people calling and emailing and coming in person saying, you know, now you've caused this huge discrepancy in the way female clinicians can look. I, I need to look on par now with my female partners. Um, and we, you know, luckily we're able to enter that market. It's a, it's a large number of male, you know, physicians in practice. And that's been, you know, positive for us and allowed us to grow. They also buy differently than women do. You know, they buy, they find one thing they like and they buy 10, you know, and that's, that's different. You know, women like to try different styles and weight and buy one at a time. So um, they've allowed us, you know, to grow as a business and to make it through very, you know, hard challenging times financially and um and we're very very appreciative of of that opportunity and and also now that we service both men and women we've been able to um, do group orders and hospital orders that we wouldn't have been able to do otherwise so wow that's such a great story <laughs> mm -hmm. i can't believe he said that wow um but um, so what else is on the horizon for Metalita? Anything new coming up? Um, so, you know, one of the things that I remember asking once is like, do you guys have a gray coat? Because at least in my area, a lot of the attendings wear gray coats um, and the residents will wear white. But, you know, that's not across all the board, but just curious what else, what else you guys might have coming up. Uh, we don't have gray coats, but I will put it on our list. Uh, uh, you know, we're very, very communicative with, you know, those people that choose to wear Metalita and, and I think that's what's made us successful. So we appreciate that, that feedback and, and knowing, you know, what the different rules are and, you know, millions of different institutions and, and kind of using that data to figure out um, what to do next. Um, this year, 2019 was a big year for us. We introduced um, an upgrade to our, uh, our lab coat fabric. Um, 
we added stretch um, to the existing functionality of our uh, dual function fabric. Um, so we launched uh, three new men's and three new women's styles this year, um, just about a month ago. Um, we introduced um, the student coats, which is a new opportunity for us um, and, and very well received so that white coat ceremonies can now um, you know, choose Metalita for their um, event. And then we also expanded our women's scrubs line in the stretch category and um, with some new styles that are appropriate for female clinicians and um, just modernizing the fit with a narrow leg and a, a, a different um, take on the V-neck and I, it also very well received. So um, we have some secret things, you know, in the works for, you know, 2020 and beyond. Um, but we'll continue to make you know uh new iterations of what people love um you know i'm i'm learning a lot um from the feedback and watching sales and the data um i tend to want to make very innovative styles with out-of-the-box um features and collars and lapels and pockets but people really want to buy traditional styles like um, Rebecca and Esty, um, and we're really paying attention to that as we, you know, go into design for, for the future. So um, just continual communication, hearing what's needed. We do a lot of custom orders too for um, uh, different groups and hospitals. So we'll, um, we'll definitely stay busy. Great. It sounds amazing. I can't wait to see what, what's coming out later this year and coming forward. And uh, yeah. I really applaud everything you're doing. And it's so cool that things have come full circle to that white coat ceremony that you mentioned kind of being the impetus for you. Um, and that now you've got the short coats too for those people yeah. who don the white coat for the first time so they can feel like they're wearing something that truly fits them and not have to feel like an imposter, right? Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, Lara, for taking the time to talk with me and in the notes of this um, video or podcast, if you're watching, uh, listening on the podcast, we'll, we'll put in a link for your site so people can go check it out. Um, thanks again, Laura, for talking. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity to, you know, tell our story and, you know, especially to be supportive of uh, women in white coats. It was a very logical connection, but I think a beautiful one. And, um, uh, we've gotten to know the different authors and, um, you know, we're not, just about selling white coats. We really want to support the initiatives um, and show our community that we um, uh, work closely with, um, you know, different organizations and, and things that people are doing in their community outside of just practicing medicine. And that, that's a wonderful example of that, that, you know, that'll, that'll always be something that we do as long as we're in business. Yeah, thank you so much for that. We really appreciate that. So, well, have a great day, Lara, and um, thanks again for talking. Thank you, you too. Hi there, Women Docs. We hope you've been loving this podcast and feel uplifted at the end of each and every episode. If so, we would really appreciate it if you could give us a five-star rating and write us a positive review. Those reviews help us get the word out and help uplift and empower more women doctors. But you know what? We'd love to meet up with you in person. So head on over to womeninwhitecoats.com and sign up to become a member of our supportive tribe. 
When you do, you will be the first to hear about meetups in your area, as well as upcoming live events. You'll also get our latest blog articles and podcasts delivered straight to your inbox. And you'll be the first to find out about the next time we open up our virtual doctor's lounge, an online membership community created just for women doctors, where each month we run masterclasses with guest experts and masterminds on topics relevant to women doctors. While you're on our website, womeninwhitecoats.com, order your copy of our number one best-selling book, The Chronicles of Women in White Coats. Oh, and be sure to follow us on social media too. On Instagram, you'll find us at Women in White Coats blog. And on Facebook, you can find us at Women in White Coats. Can't wait to meet up soon.